Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Welcome, friends. You're going to enjoy today's episode. We have Dorsey Pruder, who is articulate and just really fun to listen to. She um, went through something very difficult and saw a need and now is on a mission to take care of that need. So if you're ever concerned about being alienated from your child, you are going to want to listen to this. Dorsey is the founder and CEO of Conscious Co-Parenting, and her goal is to establish custody plans and co-parenting roles that encourage positive relationships between children and both parents, because you know that we we believe wholeheartedly that both parents need to be involved in a child's life. So listen in and enjoy. Here we are. I'm Lisa Kosky, and I am so grateful to have Dorsey Pruder here with us today. She is the founder of Conscious Co-Parenting. And I think what made me so excited to have her on is that I found that she helps families come together and work as one. And I was like, oh, that is what we do. I mean, we want to take the fear out of divorce. We want to help couples work together, especially when there are kiddos involved. And so my co-host, Kim Geiken, say hello. There she is. She is um, actually a client of mine who became a mediator. So we love to have her perspective. But Dorsey, what I, you know, one thing that I really loved about you too, I've been kind of stalking you, (laughs) but I love your story about how you went through something really difficult and you saw there was a need Mm -hmm. and that became your mission, so to speak. And so that, I mean, I want our listeners to hear that about you, to learn about you, and then all the wonderful things you're doing. And I know, you know, we don't have, we don't always have really high conflict cases. Sometimes we do, but I know I'm so excited to learn from you because people like you make us better mediators. And that is what we are here to learn. So, so thankful for you. And if you can just share your, wonderful, authentic story about how you ended up being where you are today. Well, first of all, thank you, Lisa and Kim, for having me on your show. I'm very excited to be here. And thank you for the wonderful work you're doing in the world because peacemakers are like, 
so desperately needed and having a conscious uncoupling or a conscious divorce is really critical. And we also do divorce mediation here. So it's, it's like near and dear to my heart personally. And I really appreciate the work that you guys are doing as well. And, um, I got into this space after a 16 year career in the mortgage industry as a top producer. And I retired in my mid thirties after a very tumultuous divorce, which I ended up settling. So we ended up mediating our divorce as well outside of court without a mediator. It was my, uh, my children's dad and I, we met and it was like, listen, this is the way this is going down. You don't want to go to court. The judge had already said early on, like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, you can't stay home until your kids are 18. Because my husband at the time was staying home. And uh, they're like, the, they're like, you have a master's degree, man. No. And right. I, I got divorced in North Carolina. So it was like, yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my kids were two and four. And um, as you know, I went through this nasty divorce. And even more so was like really the awakening after my divorce of really realizing that um, the divorce industry, if you will, was really a um, industry that had lots of dirty little secrets that the um, the industry didn't really want divorcing people to know. And so it's very litigious and keeps people stuck in the emotional spin cycle. And what I did for myself and I help other people do is really realize that going through the court system is is not the best system to go through when you're getting divorced. I mean, I, I really believe that marriage shouldn't be a um, contract that the gover government, you know, oversees anyway, but here we are. Mm -hmm. And so teaching people really how to have a conscious uncoupling or more importantly, a conscious co-parenting plan is really, really critical because we don't realize the impact that divorce has if we don't do it right on our children. Mm -hmm. And it's not the divorce. People are like, oh, divorce is terrible. It's like, no, divorce happens. Like right. that's just part of life and the evolution of relationships. But it's how we handle our divorce, you know, during and after, especially that really impacts the next generation and the next generation. So for me, it was like not only going through it for myself, but it was also looking back, like what happened to me as a child. And it was like, wait a second, there is no way I'm going to have that happen with my kids. Like, even though we were trekking down that path, I was like, no, this, you know, I'm not going to have an emotional cutoff with my children. So Dorsey, you were emotional. I don't, you know, not everybody knows you were cut off from your yes, father. I was. Yeah. For most of my childhood, my parents divorced when I was five. We kind of saw them back and forth between five and 12. At 12, I really stopped seeing my dad and didn't really see him much um, uh, until I turned 18. And then I tried to reunite with my dad when I was 18. But because neither one of us really knew what was happening then, it um, was a colossal failure. You know, he was trying to be a dad and I was a haughty and arrogant little alienated kid. Like, <laughs> how dare you speak to me that way? I mean, my dad said something stupid. Like I was like modeling and doing all this stupid stuff as an 18 year old thinking I was all that in a bag of chips. And my dad was like, he's just a regular guy. I was like, why don't you get like a job at a grocery store or something? And I was like, oh, how dare you? You know, how dare you speak to me like that? You know, and I was and, and how silly, right? And, and and so years went by. And, you know, when I had my first child, I 
tried to reunite again. And we, we kind of reunited, but it was very tumultuous. And it wasn't until I had gone through my own divorce and then my mom allied with my ex and tried to alienate me from my children wow. that I was like, oh, hell no. Like, this is not going to happen. Mm -mm. And it took a few years because my kids were young for me to really anchor into what was really happening and understand this family dynamic. And more importantly, understand that there was no solution. Like everywhere I went, it was like, help me, help me. And they're like, just reunite with your dad. I'm like, oh, I'm trying, you know. Right. There was a lot of attitude too in the professional community towards me as an alienated kid, like an adult alienated kid. There was a lot of like, you know, we'll just do it. And a lot of blame. It was like unspoken, but felt like it was my fault. And now I'm an adult and just make it right. And what's wrong with you? And I find that a lot, even in, in the parents that we start working with, where they're still angry with their children. And it's like, listen, this is happening to your children. And there's a better way to handle that, right? To elevate your family and really elevate the children out of the pathology. So you went through this firsthand yep. and couldn't find anyone to help you. Yep. Felt terrible when you were trying to seek help. Yes. And so you kind of like had to figure it out is what it sounds like. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was like, all right, well, I'm a pretty uh, tenacious person. So I'm like, mm, I'm not going to take the answer that there's nothing that you can do. Like they would say, well, there's nothing really you can do about what's happening with your children. You know, um, they have no solution. I just found that so hard to believe that mm. there are all these experts, but nobody really had like right. a solution. It's like, what are you talking about? Just accept it. I can't accept it. That's not, that's just not, that's not going to work for me. Dorsey, yeah. how did your, um, your now ex-husband handle, you know, not alienating you or if it was so tumultuous, how did you get him to come around to the idea of, you know, how, what a terrible impact this would have had on your children had you not connected? It's a great question. So he is the exact same person that I divorced in 2003. So he hasn't changed. He's very passive aggressive. It's more of a, um, you know, he's just much more passive aggressive. Um, I had to take matters into my own hands and I had to empower my children with the skills and tools that they needed to be in relationship with both parents. So my job is to really integrate, not eliminate. And it was very hard because, you know, I was raised by a pathogenic mom and my desire to want to get them to reject him was very strong too. Like, oh, wait a second, I'm going to win this game. Like, oh, you want to play that game? I'll go toe to toe with you all day long. And it's like, well, but that doesn't really benefit my children. So it wasn't about changing him. It was about helping my children be in relationship with both of their parents, because the truth is they love both of us and flaws and all. And I'm not a perfect person either. And so, you know, I have lots of flaws and teaching them that we don't eliminate people by the mistakes or flaws that they, we have, they have, right? We integrate with them. And also teaching my children that you know, if they rejected either side of their heritage, right, their family, that they're really rejecting half of who they are. And yeah, so 
really helping them integrate. And it's interesting because they're, my kids are almost 21 and 23 now, and I have two girls. And then I have two, bi I have two bios and two bonus kids. So I have a 24, almost 24 year old and almost 20 year old son, stepson and bonus son and bonus daughter. So we're all squished together. We've been together a long time and, you know, really teaching them integration as well, because my husband's, his ex-wife is, is, you know, nutty too, right? She's really, she alienated his oldest child. We got her to fold back in a few years ago. We really prevented it from taking hold of his son because he was younger. And um, yeah, so it's really helping the children deal with what they're dealing with in both sides of the aisle, right? Both sides of their family lineage and that acceptance with healthy boundaries and, you know, integration is really critical, critical. I love that. It's such a great term for for just having a, a healthy, long life with these kids and and not just on the family side, but with friends and coworkers and all of their future relationships really well. Hundred percent. Thank you. I know I just we just went to my ex-husband's brother. So he's one brother. We just went to my niece. So his daughter, my, my ex-husband's brother's daughter's wedding. So my husband and I, yes. my kids were in the wedding. We flew out to North Carolina. We went to the wedding and my ex-husband's there with his girlfriend and I'm there with my husband. And, you know, um, I hadn't been to where he grew up in a lot, probably a decade, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all about acceptance and um, integration. Right. So we went, we had the best time, um, you know, and, and that's the way you do it, right? And so yes. you set your conflict between the other person. My 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 ex-husband and I fought all the time, but we didn't bring that to our children. Mm -hmm. We kept that in this container. He would bring it through the children, and I would simply not respond through the children. So however he was behaving, I didn't react to his behavior, right? I went back around the other way, and I always communicated in writing so that because his flavor du jour is gaslighting. So it's like, no, 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 I'm going to put this in writing so that it's very clear what was said. You know? right. Yeah. Right. So just learning those little, those little things. And then also keeping your, what you put in writing short, sweet, and to the point. So many people, they react with emotion to emotion and they feel like they have to defend themselves. And my, one of my favorite little um, tools we teach our clients is, you know, an NRN, a no response needed is a ninja tool, right? Not everything requires a response, right? right? Just, mm -hmm. and, and if it requires a spot, take all the emotion out of it, focus on the issue and not the emotions of the issue or what you're being accused of, which we saw so oftentimes we see parents are like, ah, oh, you know, defend, defend, defend. It's like, no, you know, you can just respond versus react or sometimes no response is needed. Well, and let me ask you, Dorsey. So it kind of sounds like in your situation that you were dedicated to not alienating, but the other party was the other adult was not. Yeah. It sounds like it still worked. Still worked. Yes. I love that. So do yeah. you have some clients where it's one parent and you're not really working with the other one? And mm -hmm. we have a lot of clients like that. 
Yeah, so we we have a program called Custody Resolution Method where clients are coming in for, um, they're in a complex custody case. They've been in and out of the legal system. Um, they're still battling. Maybe they've experienced a full emotional cutoff with their children and we get involved. We take the data. So we take all of their evidence. So as a lawyer, you'll understand this, right? We take their evidence and we tag it based on the symptoms in the child that demonstrates the pathology that the child is being psychologically abused. And if the fingerprinting is there of a narcissistic borderline parent, then we go out and say, okay, the fingerprinting is on the child. Now who's causing it, mom, dad, or both? And to what degree? And then what do you do about it? So we actually put the case together, if you will, for the lawyer. So we take all the evidence and then we give, we write a narrative, if you will, that gives the evidence meaning. Because Lisa, as you know, as a lawyer, you know, oftentimes family law attorneys, they have no idea what to do with these really complex cases. And if they don't know, then the judge certainly doesn't know. Right. And they're, they're having a really hard time explaining and then, you know, there's this whole cottage industry of parental alienation experts, right, where they're trying to get Gardnerian, you know, parental alienation as a real thing, but it's not a diagnosable pathology. There is a diagnosable pathology. It's child psychological abuse. And there's some symptomology of that. And then who's causing it? And we protect all abused children all the time. But oftentimes people aren't paying attention and they keep, they, they don't know that there's a lane you need to pick and you need to focus on what's happening to the child, who's causing it and how do you fix it? So it's like, okay, we have a problem and it's not like you're bad or you're bad. It's like right. there's so much finger pointing. The goal is to not blame, but to lift the child out of the pathology and yeah. teach the family how to be integrated again. So, you know, we even go a step further. We have a reunification program where we get court ordered um, for these really complex cases. And, um, you know, where we recover kids. I created that out of the lack of a solution and out of also just like being a kid of this pathology saying, wait a second, we've got to help I, these kids. I saw that. And can you, can you speak to that a little bit? I, I do have another question. So a lot of our clients will come to us um, and not even, I mean, I'm an attorney, but I don't act as one when I'm their mediator. Mm -hmm. Do you have people coming to you that aren't represented by attorneys or are most of it is most of it when there's a situation and there are attorneys involved? I'm just curious. Both. Okay. I was, that's what I, I kind of figured. Mm -hmm. Both. Yeah. I mean, we're not lawyers, obviously. So um, we don't practice law. So we put it all together. And then we always tell people, listen, if you're not working with a lawyer, We'll do all of this work and at the last minute you can bring in a lawyer and say here's the case wrap the law right. around the case because a really good lawyer can look at the facts of the case especially the way we put it together and say oh my this is amazing i yeah. can fight this all day long and get you what you want and oftentimes we actually get mediated agreements because once the other side sees the facts of the case laid out the way we lay them out they're like oh snap we don't really want to deal with that right. in court let's go ahead and come to an agreement. Love our, that. Yeah, it's amazing. And mediators are starting to call us too. Like I have this complex case. What do I do? Can we get a high road? How do we get it mediated? And so that's where I see a need because I do have some of those cases. Uh, and now I, you know, I want to just take a step back because I did want to hear more about that program that you have where you unify. Can you tell mm -hmm. me 
give me the details of how that works. Okay. So it's a psychoeducational workshop. It's court ordered. There's a temporary protective separation between the psychologically abusive parent and the children. They attend the workshop. It's four days. Um, it's mostly educational and coaching and skill building. So we watch some um, videos that are about relationships, about empathy. It's really, you know, for, for, the woo version of it. It's like lifting the brain out, rewiring it, dropping it back down into the child and the family, right? Teaching them how to be in relationship, resetting the post-separation or divorce family dynamic and teaching them how to have a healthy parent-child relationship with the parent that's attending the workshop. The parent that isn't attending the workshop will also participate in family systems therapy post-workshop. So in that 90 days, um, it's usually 90, could be a little bit longer or shorter, depending on the mediated agreements that we've done. They've, they've been able to reintegrate in 30 to 60 days. So we're starting to see shorter protective separations because um, they're coming to agreements and they're getting on board. And so it's really encouraging the pathogenic parent, which usually is a parent that has some either a personality disorder or a lot of the traits of a narcissistic borderline right. parent and or personality disorder. So and I believe that everybody can learn and grow and learn new skills, even people with personality disorders. So, the, you know, there's a lot of people in the mental health community that don't believe that. It's just simply not true. I see people do it every day. And um, and I really believe even in the most insidious cases that deep down those parents don't really want to be doing that to their child. They just don't know what else to do because they're adult children who've been abused. And so nobody recovered them. And so we're actually recovering them too through the process. So the maintenance care, they work with a local family assistance therapist who will work with the kids and the parent who attended and then reintegrate the parent that didn't attend, but they'll work with that parent one-on-one. -on -one. So they'll work, they'll provide media and skills that the family, that the parent and the children learn during the workshop. They'll provide those skills and work with the other parent so that when they reintegrate, everybody has the same skills. So everybody's learned the same way to communicate. They've all learned the same skills, which is critical, you know, and, and, and our messaging is very clear. We don't blame a parent in the workshop. So there's a, we have a lot of flying monkeys. I have a whole cadre of people who hate me. And, um, you know, right? It comes with the territory, right? And um, they, they say all kinds of nutty stuff online. Like, we abuse the children and it's forced therapy. And, you know, it's like so stupid. And, you know, it, it's like they, they don't understand what's happening and they don't understand the child abuse and they don't understand how important it is to teach the child to be in relationship with both parents and also the need for protection. We don't leave abused children with abusive parents. Right. And, but we are right now with psychological abuse where we were 40 years ago with sexual abuse and 25 years ago with physical abuse, child protective services. I mean, in my lifetime, only 40 years ago, were they like, oh, hey, we shouldn't be having sex with children. Yeah, you think that's probably not a good idea, right? right. And just 25 years ago, 23 years ago, they're like, you know what? We probably shouldn't hit and spank and you know beat children. Right. Like, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. So now <laughs> we're like, huh. We probably shouldn't psychologically abuse children. Yeah, we shouldn't because it actually harms the child from the inside out and it doesn't leave a physical scar. Right, right. Yeah. It's I love that. It's emotional boot camp, Dorsey. Pardon me? It's emotional boot camp. 
Yeah, it is. It is an emotional boot camp. It's so magical. We've done a, a bunch of high roads this summer and um, there's just, you, it's exhausting and it's a lot of work. Everybody's like, you're just watching videos and doing nothing. I'm like, oh my gosh, the emotional like swirling in the container that happens of helping children like lift the pathology out of their, you know, dysfunctionally wired brain and rewire it so that they can access their love and empathy center again, their love and bonding, their attachment. Mm -hmm. And you watch them just, you know, once they know like I'm safe and my parent is safe, it's like they just, they just the authentic child enters the room. It's really magical. I mean, it never ever gets old. And I love that. I love so that. So special. Yep. And I, you know, so it's just so important that both parents are involved. That's what I, I keep telling the people who are going through this and that they work together. Yeah. So, and you're saying you come at it, a lot of it is teaching the kiddos, right? Yeah. I heard you say that. Can you give me a little bit of a glimpse of what you teach them so that I could maybe pass that on to my parents? Yes. So let's see, a couple of things. Um, the first thing, uh, well, I've already said it here, which is integration, not elimination. Yep. So helping children understand that um, when they reject a parent, that's not normal. And they're actually rejecting half of who they are, which will cause things in the future for them that are negative, like bad relationships, oftentimes early onset sexual behavior and cutting and, and um, drug use and all of those things to self-harm because they're self-sabotaging. Um, so that, and then also um, teaching them how to authentically communicate. And it's so simple, but articulating I messages and active listening. So when you, I feel because what I would like, and, you know, using that simple framework of teaching the child and the parent how to articulate what's happening. So they focus on behavior versus the person, right? Yeah. And then well, but I'll tell you, it is quite an exercise in every workshop. Just sometimes the kids get it really fast, but the parents are like, you know, well, and like, it's a simple idea, but not always simple to get it to. It makes sense to all of us in our heads. But then when you're in the middle of a fight, yes, <laughs> and personally, you know, if something's going on with your husband, it's yeah. hard and it's it takes work. Just it like does that. take work. And it takes practice. Yes. Okay, so now I feel like I'm going to have to have you back on because there's so much. I mean, you do this <laughs> like about everything that you do and how if you, you know, I know it's a lot yep. and how people can get a hold of you. I will put, you know, I'll put your information in our notes. But if you can just kind of in a nutshell, tell us because there's other things you do, too. There's a lot of things we do. Yes. Before that, I want to give you two more tips just for oh, your listeners and for you guys. So yeah. I know we're running out of time, but no, we're um, good. Okay. So one, um, when you're working with your families, have them structure family meetings around um, anything that needs to be resolved in the family and not to be trying to resolve stuff in the emotion. And then when um, they're dealing with high emotion, that one person speaks at a time. And then also um, to allow themselves to have a 15 minute, you know, time out, even a parent time out if the parent leads with, whoo, I can see I'm getting really emotional or heated about this. Let's take a 15 minute time out so that I can recoup and hear what you're saying really allows the parent to step into the role as a leader of the family and teaches the child how to manage their own emotions. 
Does that make sense? It That's makes great. total sense. And Dorsey, I, honestly, I'm like, that kind of happens in the middle of a mediation too. Yes, it does. <laughs> Those are the tools, you know, okay, let's take a 15 minute break. And the thing I love is that we do everything on a flat fee now. So nobody has to feel rushed. So we right. don't have to work through those, you know, we can stop when those emotions rise so that our head clears up. So that not only is going to help families, my family, our listeners' families, but it's going to help us when we're mediating those really high emotional yeah. situations. Dorsey, yeah. um, is there like an age range or or best age with kids on on how much they can understand to to integrate this? Yeah. So they can integrate at any age. Um, kids are extremely resilient and super smart. And so they're always looking to their parents, both watching them, what are they doing, listening to what they're saying and feeling into what they are feeling. And they're super perceptive and super intuitive to that. So at any age, a parent can change their behavior. And as they shift how they show up, the child shifts around them. Um, for our workshop, the lowest age, the youngest age we've ever had was a five-year-old, but they were a sibling to a couple of older kids. Um, I would say the sweet spot for the workshop is between 11 and, um, you know, we've had courts order kids up to the age of 19. We've had other young adults come in that are older siblings, and we've had you know, a few workshops ordered for kids, you know, seven, eight, nine, because some of those kids, they're very, kids are smart these days, right? And, um, but any age, at any time, a parent can shift how they show up and the child will follow their lead. Even the most rejected child, children don't reject their parents, it's not normal. They don't wanna reject their parents. They want their parents to grow up and act like adults and shift the situation. And I call the parent that has the emotional cutoff the chosen parent because the child knows that that's the parent that is emotionally capable and able to do the work, even if they're spinning in their own stuff. And so I've shifted the the whole industry, if you will, of the way people think about the targeted parent. I'm like, you're not a victim. And the targeted parent makes you feel victimized and holds you stuck. And you're a chosen parent, your child knows you're going to lead you out, lead them out of the family at any age. So at any age, this works. And even the I messages and how you communicate with kids, boy, if everybody started that young, just think of how the world would be today if people actually spoke to their children like that, instead of at them. But oftentimes we feel so out of control. We speak at our kids instead right. of, you know, with our children and meeting them where they are emotionally. Do you train people how to I do, do this? I do. So that's going into some of your other services. So tell me, yes. tell us a little about that. Okay, so we have, um, I train coaches. Um, we're finishing up a cohort right now. And um, I train coaches how to be conscious co-parenting coaches. So teaching them the communication skills and actually how to coach and lead people through a process of where they are right now to where they wanna be, right? Where they've been spinning and spinning and spinning. 
Um, we also teach mediators. So we have a new partnership with a company out of the Netherlands called the Divorce Hotel. We're launching soon, hopefully COVID will open up where mm -hmm. we're teaching mediators how to have a flat fee like you guys are doing divorce in a weekend. So they check in on Friday married and they check out divorced and oh, you know, wow. they really, I yeah, they, love that idea. Isn't that great? Oh, that's and, a great idea. Yeah. So oh, they have a yes, little, yeah. Last Love Supper, it. maybe, maybe <laughs> Last you know, different things, different couples are different, <laughs> but, you know, really having that experience. And then um, I have taught coaches our custody resolution coaching and high road, which is our reunification. We're not doing that right now. Um, we're, we're really trying to get all the foundational work done first because it's a lot mm -hmm. and it takes probably a year for somebody to really like get it all. And even then, you know, your mediators, it's like, Oh, and then there's this little nuance and this little nuance right. and this little nuance. And I mean, I could talk and teach for hours and still not cover everything. Right. So, yeah. Um, and then we really meet the divorcing parents need wherever they are in the process. So mediation, parenting plans, parenting courses. We have a ton of parenting courses online, um, coaching, custody coaching. And then for the really extreme cases, the high road and What's really exciting about the work that we do is with the custody resolution method, the timelines I was telling you about, there's coaching that the client gets with that, with one of our certified coaches. And we are actually preventing the need for a high road. So there was a day where I was like, no, all these families, they need this. And I'm like, I wonder if, what if we do this here, if that would work and we could actually prevent this from escalating or even when it escalates to resolve the conflict and get the family reintegrated without a protective separation and without a high road. And we've actually better. successfully done that. Yeah. So it's very, very exciting. Very, very exciting. exciting. Oh my gosh. And you know what? I feel like I would love to have you back on. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> I want to hear about the divorce hotel. What's the spinoff of the divorce hotel for other couples and meeting each other at the divorce hotel? Oh, right. There you go. <laughs> so it's really funny that you mentioned that. My husband and I were talking the other day and I'm like, what if we had like the divorce hotel cruise and we had a bunch of our mediators and all of our couples and then they all got divorced and then we had like the meetup the mix up at the you know <laughs> I Can love we it. play matchmaker? Because oh, I yeah, really gosh. love that idea. If, if you need to do profiles <laughs> before that, like dating profiles, pre-cruise, yeah. there is a business in writing profiles. Uh, I will I tell you what. Knows that. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so we totally need to do this again. <laughs> I feel like, I honestly feel like I have learned so much. And I, oh, I just gosh. loved having you here. But you now you need to tell us how do people get a hold of you and your... Awesome. Yeah. So you can go to our website, which is consciouscoparentinginstitute.com. Or if you need immediate assistance, you want to talk to somebody right away, you can give us a call. Our number is 888-379-7279. I feel like I'm in an infomercial. Or you can email us. <laughs> yeah. It's like, call us today. <laughs> right. Well, you know what, though? You do. You have great services. Thank Both you. parents are so important. And I love that you've created this out of a need that you saw. So Dorsey, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure. Yeah.
such a pleasure. So and yeah, we will be asking you about that divorce hotel in another, yeah. in another episode. <laughs> I love it. Thank Take you so much for time. having me. See you. See you. Bye-bye. <laughs>